I was very lucky to have grandparents that remained in my life, you know, until I got older. In my 40s, my dad's parents, the Stevenses, um, Grammy and Grandpa Stevens, they had now passed away. And my mom's parents, the Barlows, were still around, Paul and Thelma Barlow, who I just, you know, like my other grandparents, I just uh, absolutely adored them. They were, you know, incredible people. Um, just, you know, people I really looked up to in my life. And, you know, I think everyone in our family, all my cousins, um, you know, my siblings, we all just adored them. And at this point, my grandfather, uh, Paul, he was, you know, he was getting up there and he was having some health issues and stuff. And I went home to see him one time. And it was going to be the last time I would see him. And he, at this point, had been in a like a nursing home, you know, at that point, because he was in a wheelchair. And I remember going to see him, and, it, you know, they had this big atrium that was actually really pretty. And, you know, rolling him out there and talking to him. And, you know, he was still there, but he was not, you know, the same person that I remember. I think that just happens. I've seen it happen many times in my life, but you know, some of the, you know, like the greatest memories I had from him was, uh, I mean, besides the fact when we were growing up and going fishing for brook trout and digging for potatoes and, you know, all the stuff on the farm, they had pheasant and, and all this, you know, these animals that I just loved. But, um, you know, later in life, every time I would go home, my mom would make sure that I went and saw my grandparents. And she was adamant about that. And, you know, there was, I remember there was times that, of course, I think we all look back and, you know, regret being like this. But I remember being like, you know, oh my God, you know, I don't have time. I would always go see them because I, you know, I, I truly did love them. But, you know, when you're young, you, you just think, you know, I can see them another time. But one of the great memories I had is that, you know, I'd go over to their house and this was not the farmhouse. This was, um, a house that they had built, um, that my, one of my uncles had built for them. It was a beautiful house. And my grandfather would be out in the garage and he'd be, you know, tinkering around doing all this stuff and he would hide uh, beer and cigarettes. And so when you know, when I'd go see him, he'd be out there just talking to me about everything. You know, how's, he'd always go, how's Denver? And he loved Denver. He was, he had spent some time there, um, in World War II. And we would just talk about it. You know, we'd just talk about that. And, and my life, he was very easy to talk to. He was funny. And, you know, he wasn't supposed to drink or smoke. And he would just try to sneak him and he'd have me look, you know, down, the side of the house to see if my grandmother was looking or coming. Cause you know, he'd say, Oh, she, you know, she can't see me doing this. I'm sure she knew, but you know, it was just, it was the cutest thing. And, you know, of course I would never tell. And, um, it was just, it was just the greatest thing. It's one of my, one of the things I really miss about him besides his, you know, dry sense of humor and just easygoing, um, attitude. My grandmother, um, you know, she continued on after my grandfather passed away. He passed away not long after I saw him, maybe like 
I mean, I'm thinking like in a couple weeks. And I didn't, you know, what I regretted was I didn't go back for, they had like a, you know, they had like a, not a service, but, you know, they had like a get together and, you know, all this stuff. And I didn't go back for it. And it could have been from a number of reasons, but I regret not doing stuff like that. And I don't, you know, I don't have a lot of regrets. I've done some really cool things in my life. I've done some stupid things. But I do kind of regret not going back, um, you know, for his service. So at this point, you know, I'm, um, you know, having a kind of this, I don't know, it's weird. I feel like every age, you know, century that I go through, my 30s, uh, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, each one of them, I kind of feel like I get reborn and it's just this weird feeling. Like I, I kind of go to another level in my life and, you know, now I was in my forties and I, you know, it was kind of crazy. I, I don't know. So one of the things I did was I was, you know, starting to get out there and, and look for better jobs and think about what else I could do in my life. Another thing I think a lot of people go through, and I actually, like, I started thinking about, you know, should I, maybe I should go home. I mean, now my grandfather had passed away. That left my folks um, and left my grandmother. You know, I had other family back there. I had good friends. And I really did start to consider it. You know, did I, I'd been in Colorado for a while. I'd been gone from New England since, you know, I was like 20 so I don't I, I really started to think about it. With Grandpa Barlow passing, leaving my grandmother as my last grandparent still alive, it, it really did make me think about a lot of things and, and turn again turning now I'm in my forties. You know, and I started thinking about, you know, do, should I move back home? And, and, you know, why did I move? When did I first think about moving? It's, it's kind of like, it reminds me of when people said, you know, when do you, when did you realize that you were gay? And it's really a great question to ask someone. Um, I knew when I was about five or six years old, I'd have to say that when I thought about leaving that area, that was kind of a big deal for me because most of my family stayed there. Um, you know, my, my cousins, aunts and uncles, I had one aunt that had left, but most people stayed in that area and our, you know, our family had been there forever, but you know, it's weird when I think about it. Um, I knew I wanted to leave at a really early age. Maybe that had something to do with, you know, knowing I was gay back then. Maybe it had something to do with my childhood and the trauma that I went through um, at the hands of my cousins and my uncle. Uh, You know, I don't know, but I remember thinking when I had things that happened when I was as young as about seven years old, seven or eight years old, I remember thinking that if I could turn old enough to get a bike, I could get away. 
And you know, it really sucks because I think for my dad, I think that he thought that I just, I think he thought that I just hated working there or that I didn't, I, you know, I don't know what he thought, but really it was just, I wanted to get away from the situation that I was in. And I do, I remember thinking about, um, my favorite age was going to be nine. And then, uh, you know, by the time I was like 12, I thought maybe I could get a 10 speed bike and that would allow me to get further away. I could go see my friends instead of, you know, being around my cousins and, 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 you know, and everything else. But I think it was bigger than that. I think actually that I thought if I can get to that point, if I can get away a little bit, then, you know, what would be next? Um, you know, if I could get out of high school, um, if I could get out of the state, if I could get out of the area. I mean, I kind of had a plan and my plan was to get away. And I know that sounds, um, it's, I'm sure that is probably hard to hear for, you know, for my folks. It wasn't really about them though. My, you know, my parents were great parents. My, you know, I absolutely love my mom and that was the hardest part when I left anyway, it was actually leaving my mom, but I knew I had to go. And I've talked to a lot of people that have left, you know, when you live in a city like Denver, um, you meet a lot of people that are transplants, you know, just like in a lot of cities, but we all kind of have that same story, you know, of, of just wanting to, to go someplace else. And I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's actually pretty good. I think that it, it's your survival skill kicking in or your sense of adventure kicking in or your independence kicking in. And that never ends. That kind of, I know for me, it's gone on all my life. I'm always thinking about, you know, what I can, what I can do. So it's weird. I wish that I, you know, I wish I could go back and, and say to my dad, you know, back then, I'm not abandoning my family. I just, I want to get away. I want to do something else. But that survival instinct, I think, is so important for people to have in their life. Um, it's, you know, it's going to mean that if you have a job that's bad, you're going to try to get a better job. It's going to also help you when you have a bad situation, how to get out of that situation, how to survive it. And how to move on with your life. Because it's it can be really hard. It can be crippling for people where they're just stuck. I always think of myself as somebody that's never been stuck. Um, and also someone that I would never want anybody to feel bad for me. One of the things I think that's hard about talking about childhood trauma for me is that I never wanted people to feel bad for me. Um... I know it sounds weird because I mean, I think just by the nature of it, people do feel bad, but I never wanted people to feel bad for me. I wanted them to just think that, you know what? He actually survived this and then, you know, went on to have a relatively normal life. Um, you know, I always have to deal with, with that, that was back then. Um, if you talk to anybody that goes through childhood trauma, that's dealt with it. That's kind of the key is dealing with it. But I kind of tell you the same thing that you'll deal with it, but you'll never, you, you never truly move on with it. You'll always have that, you know, kind of hardwired into your brain 
because it affects you know everything you do it affects the way that you you can be truthful or you know maybe it manifests into some type of addiction or you know there's a host of things that can really happen but hopefully if you deal with it and know it's there and then move forward it helps a lot One of my greatest memories, of course, I've talked about this before from the 90s, was going to P-Town. Um, I, you know, at that time I had gone with Tannis and Jules and, you know, just this whole host of people, Marissa and Nadine. I mean, I think we took everybody to P-Town. So in the early, mid-2000s, I was hanging out with different people. You know, I, I, some of these were people that, these were friends that had, you know, had gone through the 90s with me, um, and now we're in the 2000s. And two friends of mine, they, um, you know, they were very, they were very well off. And in the 90s, I was starting to make money, but, you know, I had, I had struggled. But I started hanging out with them, and we took trips to Key West, and it was just, it was incredible. You know, we had a blast. Um, I can't remember. We went, it seems like we went everywhere. I could never afford like their lifestyle, but I just kind of went along with it and I got through and they were generous sometimes, but we came up with this idea to go to P town. So it was going to be like, for me, it was like a P town reunion. I hadn't been in, you know, like 10 years, I think maybe, um, it seemed like, it seemed like 10 years or, you know, in reality it was probably like five years. But we decided to go, and, you know, I, I think I talked about this before, but when we had gone to P-Town, when it was Jules and Tannis and, 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 you know, my whole crew, we literally all stayed in the same space, you know, whether it was a house or I think one place was a, you know, a two-bedroom house, and there was like eight of us, so we just slept everywhere. And in our 30s, it was cool. You know, you didn't mind. And my 40s, uh, I have a different comfort level. But anyway, we thought it would be a good idea. So we get this whole crew of people, you know, all new people to go. And we, you know, we go to P-Town and we, <laughs> I can't believe we did this. So we decided we would get a two bed, two queenside beds, uh, room at this uh, hotel called the Crown and Anchor. Which isn't, you know, it's not a bad hotel, but the, the rooms are not that gigantic. But we just, I don't even know why we did this because um, we certainly could have afforded to get something bigger. But that's what we decided to do. So it was a two-bedroom, I'm sorry, two-bed room at this hotel. And I think the beds were maybe two queens. It might have been two full-size. But I don't know what we're thinking. We're like, oh, no, you know, somebody can sleep on the floor, um, you know, four people could sleep in the beds and we all get there, you know, and it's just a cluster and, you know, some parts of it were really fun. Like the, you know, the drinking part of it, the going to the tea dance, you know, that was all fun, but all the other time was just kind of a mess. And, you know, some people wanted to, you know, some people wanted to do their own thing. Other, other people wanted us all to be doing things as a group and there was just a range of friends. We didn't all know each other that well. I think as you get older, you 
are not as tolerant about kind of some of the immature stuff and some of these people were younger some were my age but it just it was so funny like I remember one of the guys or two of the guys they went out and bought they went out shopping which a lot of people do that there but they went out shopping and bought like all these outfits for a dance I think they spent thousands of dollars on these clothes like it was crazy and it just I don't know you know it made me realize that you just can't repeat like you can't recreate something once that moment's happened like p-town with tanis and and nadine and with uh, especially with jules you just can't repeat that you know what i mean like it was a once in a lifetime thing and as much as you want to recreate it um you just can't now you know with that said i still i want to do a group again but you know just do it differently but those guys were good friends and um I had a good time with them. It was a group of friends that came together. Um, I introduced some of them to like my two friends and two other friends, whatever. And it started out really fun. And then the whole group just kind of imploded and, you know, everybody kind of went their separate way. But what's cool is um, at this point, I started to meet a new group of friends that would stay with me until like currently they're still my you know my big group of friends some of that was because of the internet and i was starting to meet people you know even in denver that i didn't really know that well some of it was through sports at that point um you know i was playing tennis and helping to run our tennis league Uh, i was still playing softball and meeting a lot of people from softball and kind of hanging out with them and developing new friendships and it's really cool because I would end up meeting um, first my friend Eric and then my friend Paul. And this third person who I would call Rick. And uh, we just ended up starting this crazy friendship, the three of us. And it got crazy.